It's the SNL Hall of Fame Podcast. With your host, Jamie Dew. Chief Librarian, Thomas Senna. And featuring Matt Ardill. And now, Curator of the Hall. Jamie Dew. All right. Thank you so much, Doug Nats. It is great to be here with you all in the SNL Hall of Fame. Welcome to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. My name is JD. It is fantastic to be here with you today. We've got a great show. Uh, there's no doubt about it that this is uh, going to be a cooker. This is going to be one that you're going to talk about and uh, water cooler about. It is uh, an episode where Thomas is in conversation with Veronica Villanueva, a first-timer here in the SNL Hall of Fame, and they are going to be talking about Lady Gaga. So there's that. Now, before you come inside, uh, I would ask you to take note of the mat in front of you that says, wipe them and uh, wipe those feet. We got to keep this place clean because the SNL Hall of Fame podcast is a weekly affair where each episode we take a deep dive into the career of a former cast member, host, musical guest, or writer and add them to the ballot for your consideration. Once the nominees have been announced, we turn to you, the listener, to vote for the most deserving and help determine who will be enshrined for perpetuity in the hall. And that's how we play the game. It's just that simple. You listen to the podcast. You enjoy the podcast, hopefully. You subscribe to the podcast. You share the podcast. You, all those good things, right? Uh, the podcast is here for you to enjoy and listen to the arguments that are made on behalf of the nominees. And then it's your turn to vote. Uh, we open up voting. We're going to open up voting for about seven days this year. Uh, we've done some experimentation with longer periods of time and it just doesn't net the the results ultimately 85 percent of the votes come in in the first week so uh we may as well go with that actually last year was an anomaly though last year we got a, a bunch near the end and um could have skewed the results could have skewed the results because uh, it was definitely a surprising induction last year uh, so there's that this year. However, uh, we, we aim to please, we've got, uh, this is our 12th. No, this is our 11th nominee because the first episode was the draft. So this is our 11th nominee. It's in the musical guest category, which tends to be a category that is, uh, ignored. And again, I'll, I'll say it, I'll get on my soapbox and I'll say, I, I think that musical guest is a, is a key component of the show. And if, if you want evidence of that, look, no, look no closer than this weekend's past episode where we were, where we were given the Foo Fighters, the Foo Fighters are a major, major act and, and playing in a theater that small, a soundstage that small, um, for a band that big is, is just wonderful. There was part of me that was like, should I go down? Should this be the week that I go down and get standby tickets? Should this be the week? Because I, I saw Nate Bergazzi live, uh, last new year's Eve and he was wonderful. 
So I'm really thinking that uh, it could be a lot of fun. But alas, I will stay in Toronto in the fall weather. And uh, so there's that. Now let's go to our friend Matt Ardill as he uh, welcomes us to his corner. Hey, thanks for having me, Jamie. It's great uh, that you're here. How are you doing? Things are going well. They're going great with me. How about you? Things are wonderful. What have we got today on awesome. the docket? Now I am, I wouldn't say I'm a little monster, but I am a big fan of the next person uh, that we're going to talk about. Can't wait to hear the show about Stephanie Joanne Angelina German. Ah. Uh, Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanata. Yes. AKA Lady Gaga. That's right. Height five foot one, March 28th, 1986 is her birthday, which makes me feel very old. Um, I am older than Lady Gaga by over a decade. That, that scares me. Uh, but she was born and raised in New York City. Uh, has released seven albums, three EPs, has 48 acting credits, including her most important performance as Lady Gaga in the Lady Gaga and the Muppets Holiday Spectacular. She's also composed 29 songs for films, has 299 soundtrack credits, 12 producer credits, six writer credits, five director credits, and 11 music department credits. She is a busy lady. Nicknamed Gaga by producer Robert Fusari after being told she reminded him of the Queen song Radio Gaga. A big fan of Queen, she took that as a compliment, and when it came time to release her first album, she tweaked that into Lady Gaga as the lady added a bit of class and the Gaga implied a bit of wackiness, uh, and it stuck. An artist from a young age, she attended the John Hopkins Center for Talented Youth, the Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute, Circle in the Square Theater School, and the Tisch School of the Arts. She was a member of fame from the get-go. She started young, performing as a teenager at open mics and studying at Collaborative Arts Project 21 through NYU's Tisch School of the Arts, while also go-go dancing to make ends meet. She was discovered by Akon. Gaga was performing a burlesque show called Lady Gaga in the Starlight Review, DJing and singing. You can actually still find some of those shows on YouTube. She learned to play piano at the age of four, wrote her first ballad at 13, and was one of 20 people to gain early admission to NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. Due to her early soul work, she bleached her hair blonde after repeatedly being mistaken for Amy Winehouse. One of her early acting opportunities was being considered for the role of Catwoman Selena Kyle in 2012's Dark Knight Rises, which did not move forward, but she is now joining the Batman universe in the Joker sequel, Le Dua Follet, as Dr. Harley Quinzel, a.k.a. Harley Quinn, which honestly... I, as a bat fan, am totally batacularly insanely happy for it. Uh, I think she's going to be great. She went sober after a hip injury, had her addicted to meds in 2013. Has a very close relationship with fellow piano pop star Elton John. That's not just for show. She is in fact being named the godmother to Elton John and David Furnish's son, Zachary and Elijah. Humanitarian, she founded the Born This Way Foundation to support humanitarian causes and donated the profits from her 2009 Fame Ball tour 
to raise money for the Odyssey Charter School and elementary schools in Los Angeles hit by budget cuts. Her second album, Born This Way, was the seventh album to sell one million copies in one week, and she's the fifth woman to sell one million copies in one week after Whitney Houston, Britney Spears, Nora Jones, and Taylor Swift. A style provocateur with outrageous outfits and 14 tattoos, she constantly pushes boundaries with stellar success, having four Oscar noms, 17 AMAs, and hundreds of other nominations for Golden Globes, BAFTAs, and Grammys, just to name a few of her other nominations. And most importantly, when attending the Oscars in 2009, she went with Dreamboat Kermit the Frog, which I am sure made Piggy furious. Matthew and JD, thank you so much. We are talking this week about another musical guest that I'm really excited about. During our draft uh, over the summer to choose season four nominees, I selected someone who I thought just had such memorable performances on SNL. SNL caught this person at the right time in their careers. I thought it'd be a perfect topic. We are talking about, of course, Lady Gaga and for that, joining me, big-time Lady Gaga fan, someone who I've known since we were five years old, <laughs> but someone who maybe owes me another apology for an incident from when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, know. yes, yes. I'm sorry, Bro. Tom. Please forgive me. <laughs> I, forgive <laughs> I often tell the story. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I chose you, and I didn't mean to. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll tell the world that Veronica, our guest today is is my good friend Veronica Villanueva, and Veronica Hello. decided to see what it would be like to kick a young man in his nuts yeah. <laughs> when we were kids, and I was the target. Well, let me just put a little backstory to it. All the girls were talking about how it's, how to kick a boy in his between the legs and see what <laughs> happens, and I thought, who else then other than my good friend Tommy? And I walked right up to you. I did it. You perceived to scream without making noise and fell to the ground. <laughs> you can't scream it. I was like, I'm so sorry. Please don't tell the duty. <laughs> so just know that I chose you because I thought like this was something I could share with you because I don't know the outcome. And now I, I still have So what have did you nightmares. learn? Uh, uh, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Not cool. Don't hurt your friends. Figure oh. Find out more information. So yeah, I'm sorry. Well, it's okay. I know it was out of love. And thank you so much, <laughs> really. Who for, knew who anybody for... would ever use that in a sentence? Thank you. <laughs> thank you. You taught me a lesson, actually. It was you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, good see times what happens. growing up. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, Veronica, for <laughs> being here. We are. We have known each other since we, since we were five years old. Mm -hmm. Veronica, you're like a sister to me. Yeah. So this is like uh, a real honor to have you on sure, this call. Yep. 100%. Been through the ups and downs, and, hanging, you know, sneaking out in high school, the beer pyramid, you know, everything. Oh no. <laughs> beer pyramid. Our, our listeners are going to, they have one image of me and then they hear beer pyramid and <laughs> it might fit. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. 
so yeah, growing up, we we both knew like we kind of chatted, talked comedy a lot, and yeah. we've we had I remember talking comedy theory and stuff over coffee a few times here and yes. there. <laughs> so we we both grew up just huge huge comedy fans and everything, and and uh, I wanted to know because we haven't really talked specifically about SNL, so I want to know like what your relationship to SNL is as a viewer. Yeah, I mean, as far as I can remember, like growing up didn't grow up with you know cable tv so i was kind of in the shadows with all that stuff so pretty much like pbs and the news and whatever sitcoms were in syndication watching some of that but then like my older sister she really liked saturday life but in our family it was like hush hush you're not allowed to watch that it's you know you're too young for it so of course that made me want to see it even more so so i would you know stay up late wait for the parents to go to bed and start watching saturday live and Really, I want to say it has to be in the late 80s, 86, 87, with like Phil Hartman and Dana Carvey, John, John Lovitz, like just seeing all their, their sketches and their songs, everything like that. I was just so intrigued by it. And I think as I continued to grow up and I was able to, you know, it was a weekly thing for me. And then slowly my sisters, we all started watching it. So it really became like a weekly thing that we watched Saturday Night Live. And I mean, for me, Saturday Night Live's just always represented what's current in the news, struggles in the world, struggles in our country, and then also like just the music hand down. It's like, well, if they're on Saturday Night Live, I need to listen to this band or I need to check out that album. Like I felt like it was so influential to myself and just, you know, of coming of age and then as a young kid and then now as an adult, like just seeing the evolution of the show. So just seeing like this group of people, like a family, of course, like Lauren Michaels is the daddy and like he just (laughs) takes care of everybody and it's just like, it just feels like an American staple. So for me, it just really helped influence like a lot of my sense of humor and what was popular and everything like that. And so that's how it all began. It's going. Yeah. Similar for me. I know it just got in my blood like in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. And musically, because today we're talking about a musical guest and it influenced a lot of what I liked musically as well. You could probably relate, Veronica, like Nirvana, Pearl Jam. We saw Pearl all Jam. these cool bands come mm-hmm. through SNL. And it kind of informed a lot of my music choices, too. I agree 100%. I think, like, especially with our age, you know, growing up in the 90s and just seeing that whole entire going from, like, I remember when it was, like, musical guests were, like, more, like, poppy and just, like, you know, Paul Simon and, like, just kind of some old school or just more, you know, well-known artists. And then all of a sudden, the 90s and SNL, they were just throwing out all this grunge music. And, yeah, I remember Pearl Jam and like don't call me daughter and like that performance in itself always stood out to me so much and and red hot chili pepper you know so yes and it was mm-hmm. just a way for us to you know our high school years and it was awesome there's a lot of performances that, that over the years at SNL that have really just made me stop like a lot of times with musical guests I'll go like let the dogs out or I'll go you know get a snack or do yes. something but every now and then there's a musical guest that just I have to sit and watch and mm-hmm. because it's just visually captivating, yeah. just something about it. Or I wasn't maybe wasn't even a fan to begin with. Right. And they just sort of drew me in. And mm-hmm. uh, our topic today, Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. fits that for me. But I know you, you've been a Lady Gaga fan probably for quite a while. How'd that happen? Man, you know, it was one of those things that kind of going back to us growing up, you know, we were like, you know, we graduated high school in 2000. And during that time, the end of the 90s, you know, really, we started to see this movement of like pop, you know, and Britney Spears, Christina, you know, all these like in sync, Backstreet Boys, you know, all this kind of 
bubblegum pop music coming out. And that was a stark contrast from what I was used to. To me, I felt like this was just more like, um, you know, kind of gimmicky. And, you know, I just, they were no art. I was so used to these artists writing their own songs, playing instruments. It was based off the performance and the message where now all of a sudden here I am going into college and there's teeny boppers and all that stuff. And it it just wasn't my, it wasn't my bag. It was my jam. Mm -hmm. So, and so now, um, and of course, don't get me wrong. Some of those artists continue to put out, you know, Green Day, you know, all these things, putting up music throughout the years. But then come, you know, 2008, 2009, I remember that uh, New Kids on the Block, uh, talking about teeny boppers, uh, you know, fifth grade, NKTOB, um, you know, was going on tour again. And it's like, oh my gosh, like baby Veronica was just like, this is amazing, you know? And of course, I don't think they came to, through New Mexico during that time, but everybody was talking about that this Lady Gaga was going to open up for them. And I was like, hmm, like, I think maybe I had heard something, you know, then I remember seeing the video for Just Dance. And I was just like, wow, you know, this woman, I I like her style. Like she's like, like she's not teeny bobber. It's pop music, but it's like mature and a really good sound to it. And like Akon was in that video and I was like, okay, you know, like, let's see where this goes, you know? And so from there, I kind of like had my radar on her, but I didn't know. And then finally, when the music video for Paparazzi came out, I was just taken away. Like that to me was a really big turning point because like she was weird and she was mm-hmm. genuine about it and weird isn't a bad thing it's just she was different she was original and unique and and i could see her you know again growing up like her influences you know and i don't think she's ever been um one to hide who her influences are which we'll get to soon um but um you know i just like that this whole entire like visualization and addressing topics that, you know, because here was, again, going back to like Paris Hilton and Britney and Lindsay Lohan and all this kind of um, star paparazzi kind of craziness. And here she comes out with this video because all we would see on TV every night on Entertainment Tonight, which I used to like a lot, but it just became, what can we talk about these certain pop artists? And so when she came out that video and just seeing her in a wheelchair and like with the crutches and like the whole entire you know, being thrown out uh, off a balcony and then getting popular at the end, just, you know, being in the newspaper. So to me, I was just like, I'm going to start, this is amazing, you know? And so, and then I began to learn more about, wow, she's a songwriter. She plays the piano. She worked her way up. It's not like she started when she was like 16. It wasn't until she was like 22, 23, till she started, you know, really getting onto Interscope records. And um, well, she, she was trying, so she was probably trying to be an actress. Before oh, that, maybe, yes, right? Yeah. Like she was in The Sopranos, and yeah. then like uh, in an episode, she was one of Meadows' friends. Yeah, in an episode of The Sopranos, so maybe yes. she was like trying to go that route before. Yes, because I know. think, yeah, I think that she was uh, like at the the Trish School of Arts in New York, and so mm-hmm. she started off there. She didn't finish there, but yeah, she really wanted to come up with acting, and but she also had this music talent, and so I think that she kind of already kind of came to the plate with like just being really multifaceted with her talents. And so, and then listening to the fame, the album, it was like, it had like a story. It had a starting and an end point. And then she just followed it up with the fame monster. And you're like, okay, I see what this woman is trying to, to tell us. And I also, I love that she's so beautiful, but not your conventional beauty that we were 
seen for the last few decades or past almost past decade before her coming up. So it was just really, I related to her. I felt she was genuine and it was like someone for a long time. And I, again, I was older than her at that point. Somebody that I'm like, yes, like this is music history. This woman is going to have longevity. And I, I get to be part from her from the beginning until, you know, whenever, you know, so I, I think that's kind of where my whole Gaga thing happened. And then moving on through her career, I just am always just uh, amazed how she's able to be so kind, so innovative, and also give credit where credit's due and just really try to be a good person. And that's not something that you genuinely see all that often. So I think she, she truly does want to be, she knows what she has the fame and she knows what she's capable of doing with that. And I think uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Very and good badass. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think she's kind of a throwback to, we were talking about growing up in the late eighties and early nineties. And we were kind of used to artists on MTV kind of pushing boundaries like Madonna, Prince, mm-hmm. people like that. And I agree. Something happened around late nineties, 2000, where it just felt a little more canned and manufactured. So it was like a breath of fresh air for a lot of people (laughs) around our age who were used to a pop artist being more, like I said, like boundary pushing, having that style, like not like a style that like some A&R rep in Orlando told you to have. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Like your own (laughs) kind of style. So that's, that was kind of refreshing uh, as far as Lady Gaga goes. Like, well, Mm -hmm. we haven't seen this. Gosh, since like, yeah, Madonna yeah. Prince, David Madonna, Bowie is kind of like David Bowie. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All these things, Peter Gabriel, where you're like these, like an artist, like an overall like musician, you know, just like an artist, and then also trying to, and again, we'll get to to this whole art pop, you know, this whole entire being able to stimulate people in different ways artistically, as not not only musically. So, I agree. Yeah. And so we can get into. Lady Gaga, as far as SNL goes, and I think they caught her at the right time, too. They did catch her sort of at the beginning of her rise. So her first appearance was season 35, episode two. That was in October of 2009. The host was Ryan Reynolds that mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Uh, we're about a month away, Veronica, from her releasing The Fame Monster, which was was that is that technically a reissue of The Fame or is it a second album? It's kind of like a reissue, like she had, it was like a second part almost, like because the fame was kind of talking about the uprising of fame, whereas then you get the fame monster, it's like what has now evolved from that, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, I think it was just like a second version of that, I would say, or an extent, you know, the partner to the fame. Oh, okay, okay, mm-hmm. got it. And mm-hmm. so the first song she performs, Paparazzi. And I think this was great. Very visually compelling, catchy as hell song. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think of her first song that she ever performed on SNL? I mean, for me, it was just, I mean, her, of course, she came out with full outfit. She always has her, you know, the one common thing you always see with Gaga, she'll have glasses or a headpiece of some sort. 
and you know she loves a big shoulder blade you know shoulder pads what are pants you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and and she always wear you know either boots or heels or whatever so just aesthetically like she just looked amazing and the one thing that you have to remember is you know shortly before this she was on the vmas where she sung paparazzi and she was hung up and you know bleeding and she was showing that you know what could happen what could happen to these stars being you know hounded for their fame and whatnot so when she started doing this on Saturday Night Live, like, you know, her choreography, everything like that, I mean, she really just like knocked it out of the park. She sang it like the album and really it was just a, a really good performance. And I think that it showed her, you know, just overall, like her still just having two dancers. She tried to make it as simple as possible, I think. And she really, you could tell she was singing it live and you knew she was. And so uh, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I agree. And bonus points for because we don't see enough keytar anymore. So she oh, brought oh out my the gosh. keytar. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's the thing. It's like she that keytar. She always and that's another thing. She likes to have her keytar, and I like that it was like with mm-hmm. the crystals and everything like that. And she yeah. just came out of nowhere and starts playing this keytar, and you're like, all right, now, okay, you know, it's just just one of her many talents. And yeah, true. You know, the keytar <laughs> does not get enough not credit. Enough. You know what I mean? For and real. What is a key, you know, yeah, like and this pet, you know. To the key Speaking of taking it back to the 80s, yes. that's what I'm saying, like bonus points. <laughs> exactly, true. She saw the value in it, and it, it has helped her quite a bit. She even had the keytar during the Super Bowl halftime show. It came back out, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So this was a great first song, a little red motif uh, mm-hmm. that she had on. So, uh, second song, not quite a song. It was like a medley yeah. of her hits that I really enjoyed, Love Game. Hold me and love me. Just want to touch you for a minute. Maybe three seconds is enough for my heart to Let's have some fun, this beat is sick Wanna take a ride on your disco stick Don't think too much, just bust that kick Wanna take a ride on your disco stick Bad romance, poker face I mean, pretty cool move on her part to do like a Give people a taste of, of, of the hits yes. uh, all, all in one performance Yes. Yeah. I mean, she, again, visually when she came out and like, you know, with love games, she was wearing the orbit, you know, the orbit dress, mm-hmm. if you will. And so she had to like move her upper body and it was moving around it. And um, I was so impressed that she was it, able to sit at the piano with those rings. With the rings just sitting I was there. like, how is she going to do this? She's not, she's not getting rid of the rings, but she did it. She did it somehow. And like, she just, so she started off with love game. And so just kind of there were some uh, little elements of boys, boy, boys, another song on the, on the album. But then she broke out into, um, oh, and then also with love game, you know, disco stick. Like it was one of those things that like something that she had created. And, but then she went into bad romance and Gaga's always been the type to, she, she would say, you know, if you have a song, if it's a hit, you should be able to sing it in any kind of genre and it should still be a hit, you know? So Gaga's always really, you know, the piano is her place. That's, I mean, she's a musical genius when it comes to the piano. And I think at this time, a lot of people thought that, is she just the clothes? Is she just the potential, what they thought was shocking or whatnot? But no, she she began with like a piano solo and really just showed what an amazing talent she is. And it wasn't like she was playing something that she had wrote. And so she, you know, sang Bad Romance and... um it was just uh, beautiful the way she did it. I want your love and I want your revenge. You and me could write a bad romance. I want your love and all your 
SNL. And she then went into Poker Face. can't read my poker face he's got me like nobody can't read my can't read my no he can't read my poker face and i mean poker face is one of those songs that you know when you listen to it it's pretty darn funny if you think about it you know like mm -hmm. and um you know, she's trying to say that, you know, sometimes you're with uh, someone and maybe you're thinking about somebody else and just, you know, kind of having like some push and pull if you're like kind of facing bisexuality and like, you know, so she's, she really was just kind of doing that. But the nice thing is in this, in this case, she made it like an ode to New York because at this point she had already toured and she came back to New York and I'm pretty sure for her and she has mentioned this in interviews later on you know being on SNL it's like that's every of course it's like everybody's dream growing up but you know especially I would say being from New York you know just like a huge achievement for her and her family and so um she really just kind of talked about how she misses going to the baseball game with her dad and drinking beer and whiskey with her friends and so I feel like this was her first performance on SNL or, you know, I know her first time on SNL, I should say, for her to really say, like, I'm here, I'm not going anywhere, and this is just a taste of what I have to offer, you know? And so I, I thought I liked the fact that she kind of did a fame monster medley uh, to really showcase herself to the world. And Veronica, I'm not going to lie, I think I was one of those people who had to be won over by <laughs> Lady Gaga. And I was mm -hmm. one of, I, I, because anytime a new pop artist would right. come along, especially one who, probably it seemed like they focused a lot on style and everything. Mm -hmm. My mind went to, is this all style and no substance, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe naturally yeah. we were talking about the times that then before mm -hmm. Lady Gaga came about, but this SNL performance, these two songs did win me over big time. <laughs> like it's like, yeah. So it was just so like, like compelling to watch. Yeah. <laughs> but then when she said at the piano, even paparazzi, like, Oh, this is catchy. This is really yeah. fun. When she said at the piano and sang, I'm like, she, she has talent. Like, so mm -hmm. it, I was a person who was won over a little bit by yeah. Lady Gaga. So that yeah. like really speaks to it. I was an SNL viewer going like, Oh, maybe I was wrong about her. And so th sometimes that happens recently <laughs> with, with SZA, I was like, hey, I actually kind of like this. This is really, <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is really, really good. good. Yes. Yeah. So, I so agree. that happened with me, Veronica, as far That's as awesome. Lady Gaga. Yeah. Good. And I think that thing, like again, going back to SNL, it allows the platform to open up new, you know, listeners. And so, I mean, that that first time her being on SNL, I was just like, she did it. She can't, This is it. You know, here she comes. You know. So I think it was just a really good first time for her to be on there. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know about you too, as far as uh, musical guests go. I like seeing them in sketches, like play play <laughs> yes. outside of outside of their performances. So in this first episode that she was on, she was in uh, Deep House Dish with uh, <laughs> yes. Keenan was the the lead in that sketch and Andy Samberg. So <laughs> a really kind of neat, uh, symbolic probably thing that happened on Deep House Dish was she danced and fought with Madonna. Yes. That was that was pretty interesting to me. Hey, guess what, Madonna? 
I'm totally hotter than you. Hey, guess what? I'm totally taller than you. Uh, what kind of a name is Lady Gaga? It sounds like baby food. The kind that's number one on the Billboard chart. I said behave, bitches. Bitch, you better stop interrupting us. Yeah, we're pop icons. Respect. Respect. There was, you know, always at that time, like, gossip, 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 you know, like, what scandals, who's who's fighting or whatever, you know, uh, who has beef with each other. And so the fact that they came on together, for me, it was just kind of like, oh, my gosh, like, maybe it's not true, you know. And the other thing for me is, like, being a Madonna fan, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is like, this is like a, a child, a product, a child of your of your contribution to the music world, you know, like, this is the next generation and to see them together and like how, for me, I felt like, oh, they're just showing like the world, like it's a petty thing that it's a rumor mill, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so seeing them together, it was just, it was just amazing. I, I can't believe it. And just, they were just so funny together. Madonna seemed a little bit, maybe like, you know, maybe off point a little bit with like at the beginning, but uh, I think that her and Gaga just had a cute little riff with each other and um, Keenan was able to benefit from that when they kissed him. So yeah. <laughs> that was, that I'd be like, oh, no, please, not oh, in the skin, have Madonna and Gaga, you know, I come and wrote the... that. And... <laughs> <laughs> He's all, let me just make sure I just, boop. and then they, yes. And this is how it ends. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 And I, at first I thought that I had to look, do a second take because when I rewatched the sketch, I was like, who's playing Madonna? And then I'm like, oh, crap, that is Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> that is Madonna, yes. And she looked amazing, you know, and like the two of them look like you know mother daughter more like sister sister you know and like it was just like i could hear madonna's influence in her music you know and so it's just neat to see her with her mm -hmm. and be like okay we're gonna get a chance to see this again other kiddos are going growing up are going to get a chance to see history be made again and so i thought that was really cool yeah it was like a stamp of approval game recognized yeah. game mm -hmm. kind of situation yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the other one she was in, it was a backstage sketch, and she and Andy Samberg <laughs> wearing the same thing. Isn't <laughs> yes. that embarrassing when that happens? Yes, yes. I know, right? I mean, I know how that is. No, but it's so funny because you know, here she is when this, you know, when the skit opens up. You know, she's reading that um, Rolling Stone magazine where um, you know it says you know that um, you know that Lady Gaga's here. You know, and she's you know the rise of Lady Gaga, and then she's sitting there and she's wearing the bubble dress there, the bubble outfit. You know, and then here she is wearing again, and she's like, "I spent twenty thousand on the twenty thousand dollars on this," and he's like, "I made mine from garbage." You know, because it's just <laughs> it's just the way that you could interpret. You know, because I think all of it was just very confusing to people. Like, who is this lady? You know, but she was just so sweet and nice in it, and um. And it was just funny, you know, just the way that they were interacting and then just like, try, you know, that bubble dress just affecting them being in a relationship. So I, I thought it was just another way for Gaga to kind of show a different side of her. Because I don't know, maybe I could see how if maybe people thought she was intimidating or what, but she just came off so genuine. And I, I can't keep going back to that. Like, she's like the girl next door, but I obviously she's more than that. But like, I feel like that's where her fans, her little monster started to come up is like, this woman's so genuine. And um, she's different than the more materialistic things that we were seeing from other celebrities and, and musicians at that time. Yeah, she obviously made a great impression her first time on SNL. I think she knocked mm -hmm. it out of the park here mm -hmm. with two great performances. She got to play around with the cast and be in sketches. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just she's already starting to plant that seed as like an SNL mainstay and modern sort of musical legend on SNL. And 
Just so great to see. And of course, they have her back. So her second time appearing on the show, a couple years later, season 36, toward the end of that season in May, uh, that's 2011, she was about to release her second, I guess, second official studio album, Born mm-hmm. This Way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this she way. was, <laughs> is that <laughs> your shirt? Yeah, that's my shirt. Born, it's Ride, Ride, Pony, Ride, Ride. It's uh, a highway unicorn. It's uh, it's from the um, the Born This Way album. Oh, okay. Okay, Veronica dressed for the occasion. She's wearing a yes. Lady Gaga shirt. And I yes, love yes. It. <laughs> that's awesome. So she, the Lady Gaga was about to release Born This Way, a host, SNL royalty in and of itself, Justin Timberlake. Wow, yep. And who knew, right? Like, who, who knew? I know. See, okay. Just a little, just a little side note. We we did an episode on Justin Timberlake this season, and one of the things I might have come across as bitter because one of the things I said was that Justin Timberlake pissed me off around that time because he was good looking, could dance, could sing, and he's funny. <laughs> he's funny as like, hell. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Why? The hell? What? Yes. Yeah. And so. he has a little curly hairs. <laughs> he has curly hair. I have and his curly hair. Yeah, my dad has curly hair. What's yes, your dad has. Yeah, your dad hair. has a, had a mean curl. Yeah, and so <laughs> he does has Justin a mean curl. Right? And I'm always it jealous stood out. Yeah, so it was just unfair that Justin Timberlake got to be good on SNL. Oh, yeah, that was that's just been a beautiful ev- evolution in itself as well. <laughs> but I yeah, think but this was one of the first times, you know, him, you know, coming out and kind of standing on his own, you know, when Gaga was on there with him. And so it's just cool to see like these two pop artists, you know, especially, you know, how Justin was able to kind of go into his solo career. They did interact a lot this episode, but first we'll get to her songs a little bit. So she first performs a couple songs in the in, in her first performance the edge of glory and yes. uh judas so she's like in this cleopatra kind of mm-hmm. kind of outfit mm-hmm. here veronica yes yes oh absolutely like i just love that the whole like leather and gold you know and then she's like wearing the two-tone hair now side like a little side thing is you notice the mole on her face so throughout her uh born this way performances throughout you know the whole entire album, that molar keep, mole keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's one performance where that mole is almost like the size of her face. So I was all, really? the mole, the mole's here, you know what I mean? It's and its so, own entity, its own character. It's its own entity, yes, exactly. <laughs> and so, um, but, you know, The Edge of Glory was really um, just a very personal song for her. Her grandfather had passed away. And she and her dad, you know, it was her dad's at like just, or I think it was her grandmother, I'm so sorry, uh, had passed away and sitting at the piano and they just, he, she just wrote this song, you know, and um, it was just a way for her to just say what it's like to be that last day on earth. What is your truth, you know, and just what are you going to make of it, you know, and I think that that was really important. She was able to, you know, in the video, she, uh, or on the album, that uh, Clarence Clemens from uh, Bruce Springsteen's uh, E Street Band, you know, he was a saxophone player on this, on this, and, you know, surprisingly enough, you know, about a month, I think, after Gaga performed this on SNL, he passed away. So there was multiple, there was multiple layers to this song for Gaga, and just, um, I think she did just a great job um, performing it, and just her cool, her cool headpiece again with the eyeballs and or with the eyes on it, you know, and the gold, and just really again at the piano where she's at her best, just letting us kind of experience that with her so genuine you know and so so i thought that was really good what i really love about a lot of her songs that really uh, resonate with me was they tend to really soar 
Mm-hmm. Like there's this moments where there's a crescendo and her songs just take off. Mm-hmm. And I think this happened with the edge of glory. I think it's a really good example of what really resonated with me and stood out to me. It's not just the visual aspect, which is fun to watch in and of itself, but it gives me goosebumps to hear a song soar like that. And that's what sold it for me. I'm going to run right to, to the edge with you where we can both fall her voice and just like how she has that she has that grit in there you know what i mean i mean she she has that in there and yeah she really just she builds up on that song i agree yeah and then she like jumped into judas and it's like oh my gosh you know <laughs> as a fan you're like she's the judas you know what I mean? and, so, <laughs> and so yeah i mean with judas the one thing is you know it was choreographed by uh Lorianne gibson who she did for like Janet, um, Michael, um, Alicia Keys. She's done choreography for a lot of people. And she was with Gaga for quite some time, you know. But this was one that won like best choreography on VMAs. And it's one of those songs that was very taboo in the sense that, you know, she was singing about, you know, Judas and in the video, like Mary Magdalene and whatnot. And so here she just took it, stripped it down to the choreography and she sang it really well. And I think she's just trying to put out that message that, you know, Sometimes you're with somebody that you know you shouldn't be with, but somehow, and you can be betrayed by them, but you still kind of go. So I thought she did an awesome job of portraying the, the for me, Judas is a good song, but the choreography is the one part of that song that just makes it that more complete. You know, it's just like, there's something about Lady Gaga, the way she moves her body, the way it brings you in and listen, it helps you listen to the music in a different way, I guess. Yep. <laughs> and so it's an experience. Really wonderful first performance for her second song. She took a page out of my book, Veronica. She started her performance in an alien pod, which is a classic <laughs> Thomas move. Yeah. <laughs> Just emerge from an alien pod. Like, <laughs> yes, like I'm cocooning, cocooning, yeah. emerge. Yep. Mm-hmm. A classic cocooning. A chrysalis, really. I'm just kidding. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, really, if you really <laughs> yeah, want yeah, to yes. with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I born mean, this way. Yeah. Yes. Great, oh, great performance. Visually stunning. Yes. What do you think? Okay, like, there's so many layers for Born This Way. It's like, she came out in the egg, you know, or she was in the egg. But she had recently been in the egg for the Grammys. And she had incubated for three days, 72 hours, she said. And just trying to get the creative process going. And, you know, um, then when she arrived to the to the Grammys, you know, she was in the egg. And then she came out and performed in her silicone outfit and whatnot. 
But then the other layer to this is like she had all her dancers and her dancers. She, if you look through all her videos and everything, like that, all her concerts, these are the same dancers. So when you know Lady Gaga, you know her dance dancers. And particularly, shout out to Hector; he's my favorite. But um, <laughs> the point is that you, you know Hector. I love him. And so the thing is, is that this song meant so much to so many people. You know, and I remember when uh, she wore the meat dress, right? She Cher gave her the award, and she was like crying and saying like i'm going to um you know my next song you know or my next album and she's saying a lyric from born this way and who knew what it was going to actually turn into you know it's an anthem an anthem for so many and it means so much to so many different people from different you know races sexual orientations uh gender you know it just was a huge uh anthem song that the generation needed to hear because we were so used to like cars money jewelry, you know, whatever. And so I think a lot of people really were able to attach to that song. So in her performance, you know, she's, she does her performance and then all of a sudden she comes out pregnant and, you know, she's gives birth on TV yeah. <laughs> with that song. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and in that moment, unless you're like a hardcore Lady Gaga fan, this might be very, Huh? You know, it was like, a little confusing to be honest. <laughs> right. You. Like you're like, yeah. okay. It was you know, interesting, like, but you're interesting. like, mm-hmm. yeah. huh? Yeah. And see, the thing is that um, the whole entire thing is with Lady Gaga is that she had her video, and in the beginning of the music video, and these are not, I, I, you know, it's I guess a short film or a, a video, but it, it's it's you know it's longer than that. But she has the beginning of this is the manifesto of Mother Monster. And in this manifesto, she, it's um, essentially as um, she's on GOAT, a government-owned alien territory in space, and a birth of magnificent and magical proportions took place, but the birth was not finite, it was infinite. As the wombs numbered and the mitosis of the future began, it was perceived that the infamous moment in life was not temporal, but eternal. And thus began a new race, a race within a race of humanity a race which bears no justice, no judgment, but boundless freedom. So you see, so she gave birth on that video and she, and she shows up as this, like this entity that's giving birth to a whole bunch of proto, uh, prototype or like um, prototypes of what would be a perfect human, someone who's caring, somebody who's kind, no judgment, you know, just having, and even in there, she says it would be, how can you not unwaverly go towards good and not evil so i think that when they she's giving birth and she has like her gold blood and glitter you know <laughs> i think that i think for us little monsters we we're like yes you know that yes tell your story girl like this is all about metamorphosis as a person how you can you don't have to be angry you can love life and so i think for me it was a very artistic avant-garde kind of a performance but she nailed it and uh, from a little monster's perspective and i think it, it may have made people uncomfortable and i think that's a good thing sometimes yeah. and so yeah. I, I really i took i was like i hope other people watching this aren't like huh <laughs> <laughs> but even if they are good and good born this right? way, yeah. yeah this perform type of performance in the song born this way is a good example to me of something about Lady Gaga that that I really like too. So, so with this type of performance art, it could come across as manufactured and not authentic, but something about how Lady Gaga does it, and especially with this song, there's authenticity there 
to me. And you can't fake that. And I could feel it as an, and I'm, I was more of a uh, casual listener and casual Mm -hmm. fan, but even I felt the authenticity. It wasn't something just out of the pop music factory somewhere in Florida. Like (laughs) this this was like an authentic person just expressing herself in a super creative way. And that's always something that I've appreciated about her. This is a good example to me. I agree. I mean, for me, that performance just really stood out. And I think it was, again, another turning point to like going into the next stratosphere, you know, like I think uh, it we needed it at that time and her performance just took us there. This episode is also her playing with the cast, being in sketches. So she was in three pretty, actually all uh, three of them are pretty memorable. So which, yes. which sketch do you want to talk about, Veronica, first? Um, let's see. Um, well, I, you know, anything with JT and the Brown Veal, whatever, you know, I think that was really funny, you know. Uh, I really like that one because it, it just, because we so we knew JT so much as like, Again, the guy next door, kind of like I was telling her, you know, the girl next door. So for me, I think that was a really um, a memorable skit. I think that um, together yeah, they. Liquorville, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Liquorville, yes. And her wearing a cork on her head, that's not far (laughs) from something she might wear on stage, too. It kind of made sense. It's true. We like, did she wear that, I think? I don't know. (laughs) And with, like, the grapes for the bra and the panties, like, I'm like, yes, that's absolutely, you know. (laughs) And so, yeah, I thought that was a really memorable skit. And just, like, the whole, like, Chris and Wig and the teabag and, like, it just all came together very nicely, you know. (laughs) So it Mm -hmm. just, it worked well. So, yeah. I liked uh, What's That Name? Oh. Well, she uh, <laughs> yes. she she was having so much fun. She was mm-hmm. having a blast in this sketch. So she was in what's that name? Of course, uh, uh, really one of my favorite recurring sketches. Bill Hader is just amazing. He is his amazing. Host role, yeah. Yes. And it was it was Justin Timberlake and Lady Gaga. They're doing celebrity. What's that name? Mm-hmm. And Justin Timberlake, of course, doesn't remember anybody's name. <laughs> Um, no. <laughs> but Lady Gaga is like, but she, she knows everybody. I saw your monster show and I, I hung out by the stage door. Alphonse! <laughs> <laughs> How did you remember him? He said he loves my music. You don't forget something like that. <laughs> And it goes back to her being such a good person, you know, like, yeah. hey, and, and and a New Yorker at heart. Because this woman, you know, she, she writes songs about, like, New York is 
in her blood. I mean, it is, you know, and like, you know, so she's like, hey, I know a guy like I'll send him to you. Send me the bill. You know, <laughs> just again, just that New Yorker hospitality and just like her as a person, you know, whereas like when Justin couldn't even remember Chris's name. Chris all, he was in sync with you. It was not Joey Fatone or Lance Bass. What is my name? <laughs> he's all, uh, you know, uh, it was so funny. But then there's Gaga remembering a fan that she met all the cast and crew, you know, and so I thought it was very sweet, you know, that, um, and Bill Hader's just like, oh, or Lance, I think it was his name, you know, uh, you know, Gaga, we yeah. love you. And like, JT, you know, you disgust <laughs> me, you know. So yeah. I thought that was really good. But then we got to talk about, you know, the best, you know, I like the SNL digital sports, but this one uh-huh. <laughs> with, you know, JT and Adi- Adam Sandberg, like the three-way, the golden rule. I mean, the last of that the trilogy. whole entire. <laughs> that's what I say. We've went through the whole entire, you know, dick in the box, mother lover, and now here we <laughs> arrive here. <laughs> These two, you know, I, I thought that performance. I mean, I, that skit was amazing. Yeah, she's. I think she was three for three, honestly. <laughs> and just a bonus because yeah. we're talking about her, of course, as a musical guest. But mm-hmm. I think we could all, most SNL fans, could agree. Like, it's a nice bonus when your musical guest likes to play around and appear in sketches and does it really well and has so much fun doing it. Yes. Cause sometimes, you know, with other musicians that have kind of made like little cameos and whatnot, you know, maybe they're just not, that's not in their wheelhouse. You know, they're a little uncomfortable. They may be reading from this, uh, you know, from the cue cards or whatnot. And I, and they keep it, you know, very old school, like they have their way. And like, I think that um, she's just comfortable in what she does. And she's, and it's not, you could tell like she gives it her all, you know, like, and just that whole entire, just her again being part of that. Uh, I like how she comes out with her bowl of cereal and she's like, You guys are still here. Yeah. <laughs> like, just totally like, get the hell out of my house. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're like, huh? You know? Yeah. The, the so, moment's yeah. passed. <laughs> yeah. Leave. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, we're done now. And they're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And these two guys, they just, just the way that they were able to recreate that kind of mood and that soulful, you know, sound of like, the 90s and or you know mm-hmm. late 80s early 90s like they're it's just amazing color me bad right they're doing a <laughs> exactly. bad impression yes, casey and jojo like it's just one it. of those yes <laughs> and i like that gaga was able to kind of bring in and like and and hit those notes that we are they're you know so signature of that era yeah yeah it's perfect so gaga's two for two on her snl appearances mm-hmm. i think and the show oh. obviously loves her we all are just warming up to her as an snl staple so much and she's back for a third time this is november 16th 2013 season 39 and this time well first of all art pop uh was released 10 days prior to this so she's she's coming off of art pop it's out there and we're having lady gaga do double duty she's hosting and she's the musical guest so as a huge gaga fan veronica like what was it like to see her host snl it was like for me, like a pinnacle, like this is somebody representing me out there, you know, because I, I believe in this woman and, and multiple things. And so like, and it was just amazing. It was amazing for everything that the little monsters had, had know about her. The world was going to see this now. 
she was going to be up there. She was going to show everybody what she could do. And she knocked it out of the park. Like this woman came in and like gave it everything that she had. And it was just, it was such a, a dream come true, <laughs> you yeah. know, to see her doing that, you know, yeah. I, that's all I can say is because I'm like proud of her <laughs> for what that's, you know, what? worth as a fan, but like just straight up, like proud of her. Like this woman has been working really hard and she's, she's not wavered from who she is and now she's going to show the world what she can do. And they did it. They did it so wonderfully. Like she just, just the way they hit everything, all the sketches, it was just, it was awesome. Before we get to the performances, the music, mm -hmm. uh, what's like a sketch that, that somebody should go back and watch from this episode? Oh man. Like I would say like for me, really like the old Gaga is like so precious to me. Are you sure you don't remember me? Perhaps you heard about the extravagant costumes I used to wear. <laughs> Does this look familiar? Looks like you tripped and fell at a deli. Well, uh, you know, what, a space deli. What about this? Uh, you know, one time I hatched out of an egg at the Grammy Awards. As a fan, it kind of gave me the lump. <laughs> got a little like emotional you know what i mean yeah. i was like look at all that I she's done you. and like it was like a throwback to you know even in there you know she had like her bambi award and her five grammys and you know she had all her awards and she had the bubble dress in the corner which to me was a nod to her first appearance on the show you know like we were talking about and i was just like you know but she of course didn't wasn't wearing pants you know because <laughs> she's gaga still even though you know and um to me i think it was a very sweet nod to her and, and it goes back with like Tony Bennett, like how respectful she was to him and what an influence he was and how she, even after he passed, like she was like, you know, respect your elders, essentially. It's kind of one of those things, like I think she's excited, you know, or, you know, looks forward to building that career, you know, and, but also knowing like it could go away at any time. So I think that's one that um, really stands out to me. But um, I think that was more like a sentimental one for me as, as far as that goes. But another is um, the Marissa Tomei with mm -hmm. the, uh, at the apartment. I have a question. Have you seen the film, My Cousin Vinny? Yes. And do you by any chance know who Marissa Tomei's character was based on? No, um, who was she based on? I don't know, I'm asking you. My goodness, like, I think Gaga had always mentioned that, uh, you know, Marissa Tomei is like her favorite actress and she could relate to her Italian, you know, and just how uh, some of her acting coaches were like, you know, how she'd never be a leading lady because she doesn't have the look or whatnot. And then she said, if Marissa Tomei can do it, Liza Minnelli, like, I want to be that them, you know what I mean? So the fact that she got to be, acting like you know from my cousin video like she did amazing i was all double take yeah is that mercy to me i mean yeah. so it was, this it, was I if lady gaga was around in the early 90s i think she could have played that part in my cousin Vinny. i agree i agree because in this like she's just a total new yorker you know and like yeah. it was great yeah mm-hmm yeah, yeah, there's also one, it was a talent show where she and John Milheiser played overly enthusiastic parents and they were coaching their daughter when she was when she was dancing. I love that. It was just Gaga being goofy. Ashley, look at your mother. Smile. Good girl. Being the perfect stage mom and dad and <laughs> yeah. then just being crazy and like just, you know, but again, we get to see her kind of like 
mom gaga you know and i thought that yeah that one was hilarious <laughs> yeah i love that uh, as far as the music goes because she did double duty so she's musical guest as well the first song do what you want i'll leave it up to you if you want to mention who the guest was on this song i think you know um yes it was you know r kelly and it was r kelly it was r kelly and so um yeah it was, and like i was telling talking about earlier how she's able to take accountability and i think that she address that you know it was a mistake to perform it she even took that song off of um itunes and um other streaming things so she admitted that she it was a dark time in her life because she also was a victim of sexual assault and so yeah. i think that it's it's part of history it's in there you know i think that um but she you know supported the women that had that came out and who were affected by him so i think you know um it's just sometimes things happen in history. And so I, I'm just glad that she addressed it and mm-hmm. and um, moved on from that. Yeah, definitely. I will say, though, to point out that she was wearing a pretty nifty 80s jumpsuit. Yes, that was like Michelle Pfeiffer kind of like. From Scarface. Yes. Like, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. But it was like an 80s or like a 70s, like, yeah, like disco. Yeah, she looked awesome. I liked her hair, too. It looked really good. Yeah, so that's what I love about uh, about Gaga too. Is she looks different every time. Mm-hmm. Every time you see her, and we didn't. We we, we always we got spoiled with that, like in the eighties and maybe early nineties, seventies. Like there was a yes. while, but then like it dried up. But this is an artist who comes back with that type of style. That's why, gosh, the comparisons between her and Bowie, as far as that goes, are really mm-hmm. striking to me. Oh, one hundred percent. I agree with you. Like, yeah, that's just this metamorphosis of an artist, you know but also still being relevant and everything like that. And I agree. And like, even, you know, she did a tribute to, to Bowie after he had passed. And I mean, there she was with her red hair and, you know, and I don't know if you saw that performance, but it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. She did great. And so I think it just, again, she has those nods to those influences on her, which we, that's what we hope for. I, I would imagine, you know, I wish I was an artist, you know, musician. I'm not, but like, you know, I love music quite a bit, and I and I think that um, we would hope that other influences can create more of that for them to move artistically. And I agree with you; like Gaga was able to do that. Yeah. Is there anything notable uh, with her second performance, Gypsy? Oh, love, love, love that performance. That's probably one of my favorite performances of her on Saturday Life as a whole. such a sweet beautiful song it's just you know her talking about her travels how lonely it can be being close to her fans and the way the way it's written the way it's lyrically and and the music you know and just how she she just looked like a you know with those uh shoulder uh big shoulder blades and our shoulder pads that look like kind of like wings and she looked so colorful and she looked like um like a pinwheel kind of in my mind, you know, just really colorful and floral. And then she had her two guys that she tours with. And again, when we see these 
these performances in the back, like they're part of the house of Gaga, like they're, they're her, uh, part of their family. So, and I feel like it's just such a genuine song that she experienced with her life and traveling all over the place. So, um, and just come and then her jumping onto the guitar and showing that part of her, it was just, it, it's such a, that song just makes you happy. You know, mm -hmm. if you sit there and you listen to it, it's such a happy song. And uh, she's just so joyous also when she's performing it. So it was, it, that was a treat. Yeah. And then also in that year, you know, uh, she did like a Muppet, you know, holiday spectacular. And she sang that one with Kermit the Frog. So, I mean, how can not be up there? You know, oh, Kermit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think a... that also, like, as a as a artist or a musician or actor, uh, you get pretty high up there with when it comes to the Muppets. You know, it's like a rite of passage to perform. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I was... love that performance. Yeah. That one. It just made me happy. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That it was beautiful. It made me happy too. It was so fun to revisit that. And her most recent episode that she was musical guest on. 2016 it was one of the more memorable episodes of the entire era honestly it was tom hanks hosted that's where we got like david pumpkins and black jeopardy that <laughs> <Yeah>. night <laughs> yes. and any questions it's coming the season now i'm looking at my david s pumpkins funko pop right now as we're saying this. <laughs> yes i needed that yes i'm like telling my son i'm like should you be david s pumpkins for halloween yeah <laughs> Huh? So yeah. everybody remembers David Pumpkins, Tom Hanks, yeah. but Lady Gaga contributed to this being a mm -hmm. uh, such a memorable episode. Mm -hmm. So first song that she did, uh, she performed with Mark Ronson. It yes. was A.O. Super fun performance mm -hmm. to me, mm -hmm. Veronica. This is a time now we're going to Joanne, the album. Uh, you know, we went from something was a little bit, you know, from art pop to Joanne. And with Joanne, you know, she was really exploring, like, you know, the passing of her dad's sister, a.k.a. her aunt. You know, her name's Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germ Germanata. So her namesake, like, she just really um, came out with an awesome album that was not like anything else. And it had some country feel to it and whatnot. And so I think she embraced that, you know, wearing the cowboy hat and the glitter and the, you know, the... The fringe and like and her little boots like i mean she it's just a, like a sparkly disco ball dancing you know she looked beautiful and um the song was just so much fun you know and her and mark ronson went through and also hillary Lindsay, like they really and the other you know people that contribute to the album just had a good time with this song it's kind of like saying like a f you like whatever ao like to the haters you know and so i think she just had a lot of fun doing this because I, I imagine that she was prepared for it to be like, oh, it's not like Gaga doing her avant-garde stuff. So uh, I think that it was just a lot of fun. And then we get to see her again playing the guitar and uh, with Mark Ronson. It was just a really cool performance. And it was proof to me that even a quote unquote stripped down Gaga or performance by Gaga standards was still really visually interesting. <laughs> so if this True. is like the most stripped down and probably the next song, like these two performances, I think mm -hmm. were like the most stripped down that we'll see, but it's still super engaging to watch. That's mm -hmm. just, that's just yes. who she is. Yes. Yeah. When she sings, when she performs, like 
there's just something about her that you're like, I'm listening. I'm hearing you and taking it all in. Yeah, it's very, yeah, a lot of sensory yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you'd mentioned Hillary Lindsay and, of course, the second song that she performed, Goosebumps. Like, just oh, straight wow. up Goosebumps. It right. was Million yeah. Reasons. Like, wow. wow. Yeah. You're giving me a million reasons to let you go. You're giving me a million reasons to quit the show. You're giving me a million reasons. Give me a million reasons. Giving me a million reasons. About a million reasons. Hillary Lindsay's just like a Nashville songwriter. And, you know, she with Big Little Town, um, Girl Crush, she wrote. She helped write, you know, Carrie Underwood's um, Jesus Take the Wheel. Um, we got a lot of memes out of that one. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, um, no, but she, you know, such a talented woman. And, you know, if you want, if anybody gets a chance, I highly recommend watching five foot two Gaga's documentary. Wow. We get to see that kind of that journey of Joanne and everything she goes through, but they performed together. And I like the fact that Gaga performed with Mark Ronson and then with her, but that song, if you've ever had heartbreak, if you've ever lost something, or what if, I mean, that song just got you right there, you know, and it does give you goosies and just, it's such a beautiful song. And she had gone through the relationship and engagement that was off with Taylor Kinney and like she, her and Hillary Lindsay wrote that song together and it's just powerful, very powerful. It's something that you don't get to hear this kind of ballad that just like that resonates with you, you know? And so it was, and how, again, there's Gaga on her piano doing what she does best and it was just an amazing performance yeah this was a perfect i won't say final uh, mm-hmm. uh this is just the her most recent this is her uh up to now her last yeah. song and it was just a perfect yes. way to kind of end that like run of episodes and to me like cemented her status amongst viewers mm-hmm. and obviously yes. the show lauren loves having her on the show yeah. quite honestly yeah. so this was just a perfect way um, to go out for the time being. So Gaga released Chromatica yes. when we were already in the midst of COVID, right? COVID. So like, yes. so she probably would have, I mean, I'm guessing she would have gone on SNL to, oh, yeah. to perform with this album. So I, I might put you on the spot a little bit here, Please but was do. there anything yes. from Chromatica that you would have liked to see her perform on SNL? Um, 911. That song, did you, I don't know if you saw the video. It takes place in New Mexico. White Where? Sands area. Sands, okay. Yeah. Yes. And so they even have like New Mexico flag shot out, you know. But um, that song in itself was just, and especially during the whole COVID time, like I feel like everybody, you know, when you're work, 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 sometimes you don't take a step about your mental health and whatnot. I think with 911, it was talking about the different kind of rescues that we may need when we have these issues. And so that song was just, and the video was extremely um, captivating and so unique. And I believe it was a Japanese, um, and don't quote me, but like a Japanese uh, director that he made these films. And so he worked with her to make this this creation. It was amazing. So definitely that. And another one I would imagine that she would have performed on Saturday Live was Stupid Love. And that song is so awesome. Like, And, and I, the thing about Chromatica is it's like, you know, it's almost like uh, a you know, color and just a lot of imagery. And like, she just really in that album wanted you to dance and feel good. And I just wish, and then she went on tour, you know, 
I just wish she would have been able to perform it on SNL because I think she would have had a lot of fun with that for sure. Another thing that sure. COVID took from us was a Gaga <laughs> SNL <know>. performance. Exactly. <laughs> a fifth one. Come on. And she like was all in like her alien outfits and like, yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Have you heard about any? Does she have plans to, as far as another album? Like, what if? What's kind of the 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 talk amongst Gaga fans or whatever about a possible another album? Yes, I think right now, you know, she's back doing her residency in uh, in Las Vegas. Um, If you have a chance to go see it, I highly recommend it. Totally worth it. Even if you don't get the best of seats, you're gonna still have an amazing experience. So. You know, I was able to go see her out in 2021. And, you know, so I think she really embraced that. Like, that was part of her core was the jazz music. And so, and again, everything with Tony Bennett and all, you know, cheek to cheek and, all you know, all the things that they did together. So I think she's still savoring in that. You know, I think she still likes that. And um, she's able to perform still some of her original songs, but in a jazz way. But I think there's more to come from Gaga. She's not done. There's something else, and I can't wait for it. I just can't wait for it. And I think, you know, now, next, um, you know, the upcoming Joker movie, you know, you know, and going back to SNL, you know, after um, the Tom Hanks, the most recent one, you know, that she met backstage with Bradley Cooper, and again, A Star is Born, you know, and, you know, so I think she still wants to venture out with her acting, as well as I know a new album will come now. Going back, you know, it's kind of like that not to like share, you know, she would like sing and be an awesome, you know, so she just kind of, you know, I, I kind of see her kind of following that path. Yeah, you yeah, know, that makes sense. Yeah. And SNL is coming up on their 50th. And I would imagine she'd be the type of artist that they would want at, at least the 50th anniversary special, yes. but maybe to appear on the show as a musical guest, even if she doesn't have anything to promote. If they're looking right. for something special, she's yes. the type of artist that I could see SNL bringing back, even without a new album. I 100% agree. Like, she has so many more uh, songs that, you know, and performances that she could bring on, and she would make it her own, you know. And even going back, you know, I know we didn't, the uh, you know, the cheap applause monologue, you know, I think we didn't touch mm-hmm. base on that too much. But, you know, you see how she just went, and like, an applause is such like a techno kind of like hard, like pop song you know and so i think that she will come on and even if it's like an older song and i would hope that maybe she takes advantage of the chromatica thing is that um she'll make it her own and it'll be memorable just like the rest of her appearances on snl she's just she's amazing yeah tear <laughs> i know this it would be so much fun and this has been so much fun oh my gosh like talking yeah. snl and music yeah. with my basically my sister like yeah. how cool <laughs> we how cool did it. it yeah Yes. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Like, this is great. Like, it's just, um, Lady Gaga is one of those artists that I just cannot let people know more about, you know? I know a lot of people know who Lady Gaga is, but I'm like, do you really, do you really know her essence? You know what I mean? So I think that, (laughs) I think that, you know, I appreciate you highlighting her because um, huge talent. Yeah, for sure. And we like to end this show. I like to give the guests the last word. We like to wrap the episode in a little bow, perhaps the type of bow that Lady Gaga might wear on her oh, head as big, part of mm, her outfit or a course. big Lady Gaga style bow. Mm-hmm. Tell the SNO Hall of Fame voters and listeners, why should people consider casting a vote for Lady Gaga for the SNO Hall of Fame? Oh man. Okay. Listen up. This woman, she's, she's just like a triple threat, quadruple threat. Um, she's come on the show and you can see her evolution of, coming on the scene, um, 
her performances and then her acting experience. Like she's hilarious. She's on point. She's again, she's there's so many like, and I can say mostly it's the, the sports um, guests, but you know, she's such a good genuine actor and you could tell that she was having a blast and she really committed to her roles and you could tell she learned her lines and she practiced and you know, she knew what she was doing. And so I think overall, this woman is beyond memorable for SNL. We really haven't seen too many leading ladies, musicians be not only a musical guest, but also being a host. And so for that, please, Lady Gaga, SNL Hall of Fame, like she's up there. She deserves this. Thank you so much to Veronica Villanueva and our our chief librarian, Thomas Senna, for a, another amazing conversation, this time about Lady Gaga and, uh, and all her exploits uh, in Studio 8H. So there's that. Uh, I don't know, guys. I don't know. I, I, I think the curse of the musical guest will keep her out this round i do think she ultimately belongs in the snl hall of fame but uh whether or not she gets in in her first ballot uh i think is um asking a lot because we haven't seen a musical guest do that uh and i don't know that she is the musical guest to do that uh like i would have thought dave grohl would have been a, a slam dunk but he's hovering around the 50 percent range and should get in this time but uh we shall see once the voting opens, show your passion, show your love for Lady Gaga, and cast a vote in her direction. That would be wonderful. If you need another reason, let me tell you, I've got a million of them, and uh, we're going to play one of them right now. And it's a song called Million Reasons, which is the second song that she performed on the Tom Hanks uh, hosted episode in October of 2016, which my friend Armand was at. He was actually there for that and uh, and and got to see it. And I believe is that we'll have to uh, go to Chief Librarian Thomas Senna, but uh, I feel like that's the birth of David S. Pumpkins on on that particular episode. That would have been the Halloween episode. Uh, I think it was late in October, but uh, we can look that up another time. For now, let's listen to Lady Gaga doing Million Reasons on the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. You're giving me a million reasons to let you go You're giving me a million reasons to quit the show You're giving me a million reasons Give me a million reasons Giving me a million reasons About a million reasons If I had a highway, I would run for the kills If you could find a driveway, I'd forever be still But you're giving me a million reasons Give me a million reasons Giving me a million reasons about a million reasons I believe 
That is pretty decent, right? That is a very good performance. Excuse me a moment while I grab a tissue. Uh, that uh, was just lovely. And uh, if you are wavering, if you are on the fence, the goosebumps on your arms maybe should be telling you something that you should do with your vote when the time comes. So there's that. That's what I've got for you this week. Again, I want to thank our guest, Veronica Villanueva. I want to thank our our amazing uh, crew, <laughs> uh, our Motley crew, um, uh, Matthew Ardell and Thomas Senna. You make this a pleasure to do every week, and uh, it's great to uh, join you and uh, profess our love for SNL and all that surrounds it. So there's one last bit of business, and that's if you would do me a favor and on your way out, as you walk past the Weekend Update exhibit, turn out the lights, because the SNL Hall of Fame is now closed. Thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. 
Make sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at SNLHOF. This is Doug Denant saying, this is Doug Denant saying, see you next week.